Hello, everyone. Are you still out there? Does iTunes still accept this? Does it still get delivered to your subscription? Is my podcast machine account still current? All these questions have to be answered on the first edition of the 2013 Friends of the Show podcast. John Cabral, back with you, back by popular demand. As many as five of you all said you wanted me to start doing these shows again. So here I am, and I have got three of the seasonal Friends of the Show here, the 2013 broadcast class of the Hyannis Harbor Hawks, formerly the Hyannis Mets, my successors on the microphone, and I could not be happier. DJ J. Mill, Dylan Vizzano, Nicholas Johnson here, all with me in McKeon Park's luxurious skybox. Gentlemen, I'm going to get to you one at a time, but I am absolutely thrilled to get the three of you back. Start with you, Nick. You you got back here first. I mean, you were just, I mean, you've been foaming at the mouth for about six games, six weeks, I should say, waiting for a game. Three days of rain have prevented it from happening. You know every number. You know every guy's name. You know who's come. You know who's gone. You're, you're talking to people's assistant coaches at school. I mean, you are, I mean, you're like the addict in the room with padded walls right now, right? If I knew what that meant, yes. You just, you I'll can't get your that. fix. There's no way out. Oh, You're addict, just, yeah. addict. Oh, yeah, I can't get enough. I don't know what enough. you think I said. Addict, maybe? I, okay. I thought it was a big word. Oh, okay. Yeah, a, t- a $10 word. So, yeah, there's just you just keep being – you've come to this place where there's supposedly all this baseball, and you just can't get it. No, I can't, and as you mentioned, I can't get out of Los Angeles soon enough. I mean, come January this year, it was like, oh, this isn't happening again, is it? And Dylan visits from the Bay Area. We get DJ on speakerphone, and all of a sudden it's like – well, you know, uh, I'm not, you know, my show might wrap around that, and Dylan's thinking, I, I don't know. I'm told this is how new seasons of Curb Your Enthusiasm happen. <laughs> Everyone starts off by saying, no way, it can't possibly yeah, happen yeah, again. Yeah. And then it becomes, well, what if we're not going to do it again? But what if we did? What would we do? Oh, yeah, it would, and, you know, best summer of your life. We sure. do it right this time. You know, mm-hmm. we would get the HD cameras. Maybe a local public broadcast station would pick us up, you know. And uh, the wheels kept on turning. DJ turned down a big-time job in Morgantown with uh, some sort of motocross company. So uh, it took a little bit from everyone to make it back out here. But I think ultimately we all agreed there's no better place, no place we'd rather be. And this is how, if we're going to go out with a bang, this is the year to do it. Dylan Vizzano, back from California, salty veteran, third year on the microphone, fourth in the Hyannis organization. You used to be the country's youngest full-time sports information director. You are no longer that for both reasons, both the age and the holding of the position. Life has taken you in many a direction in this past year, but we're very grateful it's brought you back to McKeon Park. What's going on? I am absolutely thrilled to be in this press box, excuse me, luxurious skybox right now, doing a podcast with my three best friends ready to go. Yeah, the, uh, the job in California, no more. That is uh, done through. Feta. Feta. It's over. Right now, though, only thing that matters is this upcoming Cape League season. And like Nick, it just the popular sentiment over the last few months was it's all coming together. When rumors of certain figures, Wall Street, we knew was coming back, it's all coming together. And this year has the potential to be the best summer ever. Well, to quote Almost Famous, it's all happening. 
<laughs> and it still has the potential because it hasn't started yet. We're still undefeated as we sit down to do this. But I want to welcome back DJ Jamil coming back to us by way of West Virginia, where he goes to college, Rhode Island, where he lives. And you've just got a tremendously eclectic collection of stickers on your laptop computer. That's the first thing I want to talk about with you. You've got the West Virginia sticker, the Harbor Hawk sticker, doing Rhode Island proud with the Narragansett, do your part by Gansett sticker. You've got a black dog on there. You've got what looks like a Clemson Tiger beat Auburn logo. FLX, I'm guessing that's some kind of like a lacrosse thing that I don't understand. And then, yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's good to be back first and foremost. But back to the laptop situation, the whole stickers on the laptop was started by my sister. So she used to do that, and I was little, and I saw her, her laptop, and I was like, oh, it's the coolest thing ever. So I started doing it, and it's pretty cool. Obviously, West Virginia, I go there. Uh, Martha's Vineyard with the black dog, kind of a little bit of the cape. Harbor Hawks has to be on there. I, mean, I see is Ithaca College, right? That's DJ Jamie Trivia. That's where you uh, went your freshman year. Exactly, yes. And then I have big connections to Clemson. I almost transferred there. Um, I have a lot of my friends go there, so I go to visit every year. And when I went, they were playing Auburn two years ago, and they obviously were passing out these Beat Auburn stickers, so I figured no better place than the laptop. But, yeah, fired up to be back. I mean, it seems like when we were talking and I was looking at this maybe doing a different internship, in my mind I was seeing these two calling the games and me not being there. And I was like, I I just know. Just doesn't. I can't know that that's going on and not being there. So I, that's why that was one of the big motivating factors for me to come back, and also just like the love for the team and and the whole everything with the Cape League. I love it. And if the best thing too was, I, I used to work during the days and I work at the Cape Cod Sea Camps, and, the, and I get this letter from them, and on the front it says, and I don't kid you, best summer ever. I'm not. And when you were saying that, that's going through my mind. That's a sign, I think, and, and I want to get to that because part of why I like it so much when you guys get here is the language that the three of you use with one another is always evolving. We talked on podcasts last summer about the great cultural impact that you made with the words FEDA and uh, there, chaos. there was another one, chaos, chaos as well. And th- those were huge, but they were also very 2012 in nature. And I come here, and you guys had already been fraternizing for a while before any of you had seen me. And when you came, you already had several other phrases ready to go. That's a sign was one of them. You're just looking for signs that we're going yep. to have the best summer ever and win a championship. Another one was coming in hot. Let's talk about coming <laughs> in hot a little bit because you guys did not feature that in your repertoire in 2012. At least I don't remember sitting next to you guys all year. So how did that become part of the Harbor Hawk broadcast lexicon? I, you know what? To be honest, I don't know the origins of it. I believe Dylan and I have this phobia of flying. And I didn't think that's where we were going with it. No, I, no way did I think that's where we started. Well, I thought when we started saying it is we would see these planes coming uh, in to land and be like, oh, he's coming in a little hot. He's going to miss the <laughs> runway. And then we just started you know, using it on – uh, really anything, you know, uh, intern meeting, we're not going to name names. Interns come in, dress, talking a certain way. Ooh, they're coming in hot. They're coming to play. <laughs> also, a new term this year's uh, on fuego. Uh, really, you know. You're really that, reviving that one. That's been dormant yeah. for yeah, like 20 years dormant. now. Dan yeah. Patrick made a, a career out of that phrase way back when. Yeah, but yeah. it's been, it's been, on, it's been on the counter for a while, it. yes. We, uh, yeah, everything's on fuego. Uh, and I guess that's somewhat of an homage to Kyle Bond, uh, who had his own radio show, The Bonfire, on ESPN. And uh, that quickly turned into just fuego was his nickname. So Bond no longer with us. He is alive, but not on Cape Cod. So uh, 
Maybe that's where that came from. I mean, on fuego, something's on fuego. That's where you want to be. It means big time. It's good to go, so... And it then is, we're on fuego right now. Dylan, a, a little bit to do with the language, uh, to, to shift gears a little bit here, is you've broken it down because we, it's a short season, 44 games in the Cape League, and they say in the major leagues you can't win the championship in April, but you can lose it in April. And it, it's pressurized even more here where the weeks are so short, the months are so short, and then it's all over. We started out 0-9 last year, and you know we all didn't want to believe it at the time. In hindsight, we were screwed at 0-9, and, and there was just no digging out of that hole as close as we did come. Just that's too deep to dig in before you get started. So, Dylan, you've been very focused on starting right away before games even start, and we have to win every stage along the way in order to win the championship. So you've been trying to focus on winning individual non-baseball activities before the first pitch gets thrown here. So what are some of the things that you focused on trying to win because we have to win the fill-in-the-blank is another big theme that's shaping up this year already. Well, this, this is my fourth summer with Hyannis, and, and we've yet to even win a playoff series, and I've, I've wondered why that is the case. It's because we're not winning the little things. You have to win everything. For example, the first pitch brunch. The yes. Comes you got to win you. the first You have search. to win the oh. first pitch yep. brunch. And did we Hi- Hiatus manager Chad Gassman gets up there, a couple laughs, a good time. Boom. We won the first pitch He came brunch. in hot. He came in hot. Oh, he came did in he ever. Hot. John Cabral, we need the headsets. They got to happen. Yep. He comes in. He gets the best. Perfect on eBay. Big time headsets. We won the headset war. We're now getting headsets. You have to win everything. That's how you win a championship. And so far, I would say we're off to a good start. We even won the rain out up to this point. Mm -hmm. We won the rain out. A uh, Harbor Hawk figure, maybe a Hall of Famer at this point, made an appearance. It was big time. We won the rain out. Not only made the appearance, but made it in a Papa John's delivery truck. I don't know if that got oh, properly uh, translated to uh, you guys over the phone. But isn't but that was, poetic justice? Yes. Well, that's that that is the arrival wagon. Too. Oh, yeah. Coming in well, hot doesn't get much wary. more definitive than that. Yeah. I mean, literally, YouTube coming in hot. <laughs> You'll Wow. Are we naming it? Can we name it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What the, what is We're the line We're trying to be politically here? correct. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe names aren't mentioned, but... Uh, I wish they could be. I think we won the broadcast meeting, too, just by pure, uh-huh. like, numbers. Well, another thing that you, you had – I don't know if you used this on the air very much last year, but you used it speaking to one another was – a lot of people use the phrase power move. But oh. the, the three of you are very good at identifying what they are, where they occur, and how to properly execute one. So that was something that you guys said an awful lot here, as I'm completely forgetting why I brought this up in the first place. But maybe you guys can talk a little bit about that until I remember why, well, as th- those are very, very important. I think if you're uh, a clinic of power moves was put on at the Hyannis Athletic Association meeting that we oh, all three of us got to attend. I mean, oh, literally the, the definition of a power move is Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Wall yeah. Street, he, I, to be honest, I don't know what he does, but he handles <laughs> money. And he goes around, and I think he tries to get sponsorships. And my God, he does it well. He comes in with, with a spreadsheet, throwing out numbers, getting getting everyone, and, and there's no BS. It's, he no. tells you how it is. I couldn't get him. I tried my hardest to get him, but I got him. And Breaks it down to like average amount that he's getting per customer, percentage increase from a year ago. I'm remembering why I came to this initially, but we did win the broadcasters meeting. Oh, but, but for sure. Fe- hear me out. Feel me out on this one. 
I have made it a point to not go to the broadcasters meeting for a few years now. It's a collection of not only the on-air broadcasters of the league, but several tangential characters who don't actually broadcast, who, who feel as though they need to be at the broadcasters meeting. And it turns into this incredible game of one-upsmanship where how much name-dropping can you do? How many degrees separation are you from Bob Costas, Mr. Syracuse student? No offense, Dylan. <laughs> but it's that sort of thing that happens at that meeting. So what I've had you guys do the last couple of years is I've always made sure I had a conflicting meeting to be at and had you guys go to it, but then hold an, an immediate debriefing after it's over. And I think that from my part, having people to send to a meeting on your behalf is, I, I mean, it seems very natural to me. I think nothing of it, but that's a pretty solid power move. I mean, oh, that's yeah. a power move. Yeah. That could be defined as that, a power uh, move. Does that help you win the broadcast meeting? Well, it, it, just kind of going back to, I don't want to jump away from that, but to the Hyannis Athletic Association meeting, Want to talk power moves? Want to talk coming hot combos? These two, Ooh. Dylan Ooh. and Nick, showing up late, coming in in a flurry, right. and they don't well, and they don't walk in in the back. They walk right in the front, and let, everyone sees them. Let me address that. Meanwhile, okay. the guy with the job is there on time. Just saying. Wow. Okay. <laughs> let me address that. So we get there to the ballpark, and there's a game going on, and we can't park. Pope John Paul semifinals. Literally, the parking lot was on fuego, not to mention a rainstorm, torrential. That is true. We parked in a a river, and and we had to – Nick actually had to get out of his car, go on the hood just to get around. Otherwise, he would have fallen in this massive just storm of water. Which soon will be breeding mosquitoes. Anyways. Per usual, Cape Cod. We walk, we see the meetings going on, and of course, Nick and I immediately are are concerned that we are – Late, and now we're thinking we're probably very late because people are talking. It's not really introduction time. So Nick and I walk in. We look, and we actually – Wall Street is front and center, and he gives us a stare. And I'm, I'm ready to turn around and leave. Yeah, I'm, you're I'm, out. I'm it's done. Yeah. It's, it's too late. But anyways, we decide to make the push, enter the meeting. And you know you enter a meeting. think People are talking. You quietly go to the seat. Well, there's two seats, and of course it's at the opposite end of the room. So you have to walk around a whole contingent of people. We get to our seats. We sit down. We think, okay, we're fine. We're good. Well, no one's talking. They're just staring at us. I mean, in my opinion, I don't think it's on us. They stopped the meeting for us to say something. And so, you know, you apologize and you move on. You didn't move on, though. It's not that I haven't moved on. It's just it fits so perfectly with what we were talking about. Well, I think the key to the power moves that you guys try to execute and the ones you really appreciate are you can have like the naked power move where somebody's just kind of doing it for the sake of doing it, like a look at me type of. Those ones don't go as well. I think we can all agree is the ones where you kind of pivot into your power move. You get somewhere and then you launch off of it to somewhere else. And that's what I think that DJ has been able to do to join the broadcast team here. Because this is a little underlying theme of the broadcast last year and this year is the two of you, Nick and Dylan, have been friends forever going back to high school and before. You did a year together broadcasting back in 2010. You've been kind of this two-man show for a while here. DJ comes in, freshman out of college, transferring away from a broadcast school does a, a pseudo-broadcasting internship for us, making some announcements over the public address in between innings, power moves that onto the broadcast in 2012, and now is with you again in 2013. Now, how is it? Is, is the mesh happening here? Because it seems like the three of you are thick as thieves, but the fact remains that Dylan and Nick still live together. You have not taken that leap 
into the broadcast relationship of living with them. They still talk a little different coming from California versus you from Rhode Island. Is there, is there, is there, you know, is this like a three broadcaster, three cab situation? Are you guys like angrily eating dinner apart from one another after these games are over? Or or have we pretty much buried any hatchets that we may have here in 2013? Is this going to be like 1970s Monday night football style stuff going on in the booth this year? Do I need to be prepared for anything? Well, the first thing, this has to be said, and I don't know what you're, the way you guys feel. Don't give me the eyes. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, the first thing is I'm lucky enough to have two very great grandparents that live on the Cape. So I get to live rent-free. Now, when you say great, you mean excellent grandparents. Yeah, I, I, the second great, I came out yeah, of my mouth, I was like, oh, no, away, like, grandparents. They're could not be great. Misconstrued. Grand- okay. Yeah, they're phenomenal grandparents to me. Um, I live rent-free. I get home-cooked meals whenever I want them. So that is kind of luring in the background. That's what stopped me from living with these guys this year. So, But then I'll kind of throw it on you guys because I got lucky. I got extremely lucky to be able to broadcast with the Harbor Hawks because I did the PA announcing my first year. And then, I, honestly, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I know that I, I, know I, I helped out one game. I came in and did like a – like something like a, a inning update with just some scores, and then I think you guys knew that like I wasn't completely foreign to broadcasting, and then kind of from there I kind of expressed interest in it. But I got lucky. No, I, I mean I got hundred percent lucky. Well, to be honest, I mean going back to how this all happened, not not one of us had experience in broadcasting uh, at, at the time when Dylan did get the job. He ended up getting hired and broadcasting. By the time of him getting hired, he had nothing to send. He uh, actually wrote like a 20-page essay critiquing the broadcasters of the prior year, not so much saying this is what you did wrong, but rather this is what I would do differently, which went a long way. It got him the job, which then somehow allowed him to elect his broadcast partner, which was me. And let me tell you, I had no interest. Uh, I... I don't like crowds, but then I quickly came to find out that if you had 50 people, you were lucky to you know be listening. So it wasn't – I thought we had 10,000 people initially, and I was just like – Does that document still exist somewhere? I'd be very, very interested <laughs> to read that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can find it. All right. I can find it. John at friendsoftheshow.com. Send it over. I can find it. <laughs> I also had a big fear of uh, my voice cracking because that just continually happens. I don't know. Puberty never left. So that, that horrified me. Um, and I think when you, you said, how did it, how did it mesh, uh, initially, um, it it didn't, I don't think, uh, I think we struggled to find an identity where it was play by play color, the kind of, I don't know, obscure comments other color guys aren't going to say because they're all just I'm trying to go to you know the MLB where I'm not afraid to say Top Gun was the best movie out there because well, of the I mean, soundtrack and, and DJ, DJ also zero career JV stolen bases I believe no yes well so DJ obviously that's a was major obstacle I played DJ only, baseball DJ, let's hold it there. DJ only played varsity everything you'll, you'll find that out quickly he was never on a JV team this is the stuff that goes on it's the eating habits it's the well. That's it's I don't. Mean, that's a that's a whole other chill podcast. Chill out, Martha Stewart. It's okay. <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> because you are still actively playing lacrosse. Do you play yes. for the intercollegiate team at West Virginia? Well, the the thing with West Virginia is that because of our move from the Big East to the Big Twelve, 
lacrosse was supposed to be transitioned into a full-fledged varsity sport 100%, but the move from the Big East to the Big 12 got rid of that. So now we play in a separate league, in a separate division, comprised of schools that play in non-lacrosse-carrying conferences that are in the tr- – still, like, we we receive funding as a varsity program. So in our in our conference, it's Texas, Tennessee, Kentucky – um, so you're Florida, not playing intra squad or club or no, no, well, or anything. Yeah, you do that, but you also compete against other schools. Yeah, you just won't yeah. find you in the NCAA tournament. Not in the NCAA but, tournament okay. because we have to belong to a regimented. Conference. So that's another thing that lies kind of bubbles below the surface. Here is you know you still the active athlete, very concerned about getting your workouts in, staying in shape. These guys, as Nick alluded to, I believe is on a different podcast. Whatever, uh, you know, you guys. Had your glory days on the diamond, JV baseball, setting the non-existent stolen base tag team record, and you pretty much hung up your cleats at this point. So you like to chide him whenever he's still – it's very rare that you have a broadcaster still trying to be an active athlete. Well, I mean, am I envious that he's still playing? Yes. And do I show that sometimes? This is turning into like behind the music. Oh, no, but this this so is. Uh, Yeah, and also to take – the level of lacrosse he plays is incredible. I mean, it's it's not intramural. I mean, this is top notch. Right, he plays for a Division One yeah, team I that mean, plays against other Division One teams. But because of the little quirks of the situation, it allows you to kind of bust on him. Oh like, yeah, you're I not mean, really. Yeah, it's DJ. You know, here's me and Dylan. We you know we wake up. We've made progress in this. Nine o'clock. You know, uh, let's ten. Get okay, Duncan, don't run. You know, do some stats. Play some MVP. And meanwhile, DJ's up at 6.15. He's at Ocean Edge. You know, he's on his feet. So we give him a call. I just envision him doing push-ups with his left hand and, like, eating hard-boiled eggs with his right. Well, no. And then you call him. It's like, hey, man, you want to roll over? He's like, ah, you know what? Six o'clock, I got to go for a run. And I'm just thinking, where does this willpower come from? Mm. Because I need it. I need Uh it. I want it. Every year, as soon as I leave Cape Cod, I go nine months to get the six back. And it's never happened. Well, sort of speaking of that, a little bit related to it is that I do want to close the book on Summer Catch last Ooh. year. Oh. And I mean not the movie. Uh-huh. We did. There, there's always various spectators of interest, we'll put it that way, at Cape League yeah. Games over the yeah. course of a season. Last year we had one particular young co-ed take it to the next level where she created an anonymous Twitter account uh, talking about certain players that she found visually appealing and certain experiences that she'd had over the course of the summer. She referred to herself as Summer Catch as this account, and we, you, particularly DJ, yes. but collaboratively, all of us, we were able to, I don't know if we ever found out her name, but we actually did find out who the human person was behind mm-hmm. the account. And I remember at the All-Star game, because we were like, I remember collaboratively texting her back and forth out of the mm-hmm. press box one night. I actually did throw DJ in front of her. Yeah, the my, All-Star game. Yeah, yeah, I don't think or DJ throw had anything me. to do with Summer yeah. Catch willingly. Well, well the first I made the first encounter though. Yeah, that's and, true. And then I I don't know if you know this, I texted her. Somehow we got her number and I texted her as you. My bad. Yeah, no, I yeah. know I knew that was I going did that on too for like bad. a good four well, that was No, I, I knew that was Put happening. A name to it, a face. Yeah. You let it go. I mean, it happens. I liked where it was going. We had two JV washups or a D1 player. I mean, yeah, we had I to mean, put your face as the name. Exactly. See, I don't know where this JV washups comes from. Would we from. call that harbor hawking as opposed to catfishing? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Well, I think it would be it. called angling because she worked for Chatham. Oh. We, were, we weren't putting up any uh, false, you know, 
We were we were who we, we were, were real. We were yeah. real. Yeah. We're real we people. Call it like it is. My Twitter's Nicholas Milo. I mean that's me. Dylan Vizzano. Yep. That's me. The Doge. DJ Jamiel. <laughs> JR Cabral. I might as well join yeah, in. <laughs> no, but it was that was an interesting situation because I remember we were at the game and it was like, okay, we knew of the Twitter handle and we were like, we gotta figure out who this is. Like this is a book that needs an ending. And so I went up and, and just kind of randomly, kind of blindly asked the interns who it was, and that's how we figured it out. Yeah, a ballsy move. Um, but we had to know. No, yeah. It, but, it, I mean, I don't think what we're doing justice is the really the absurdity Ugh. of the tweets. I mean, it, 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 it was – Literally the worst, corniest stuff you can imagine. Like, can you remember any verbatim? Yeah, I can remember one exactly. Like, there's nothing better than like staring at a catcher in a crouch, and you know, it's stuff like that over and over. And Lord why can't mercy. why can't I have my own uh, player cuddling me in bed? And, oh, you know, hashtag coming in hot. Hashtag hashtag coming in hot. <laughs> no, it was like hashtag like mama's out of town, and you're just oh. like Jesus, and you know. Power move. Yes, yeah, she, oh, she yeah. power moved the That's heck it. out of it. Although she did tweet multiple times, uh, please stop asking. I will not send pictures. So Ooh, I feel weird. like a lot of guys are trying to get a better look at her before they. A lot of times, sometimes you perpetuate that on your own to make it look like there's more interest in you than there is. I don't know if you guys have noticed this because if you broadcast long enough, you end up making broadcaster friends and you friend them on Facebook and Twitter and things like that. There's a lot of broadcast friends that I have that are constantly. Coming with the like, every once in a while I'll post a link to a game that I'm doing on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But there's some guys out there doing the. For all those of you that have been asking, I am going to be doing <laughs> the next six X school games coming up in March. Really looking forward to being on Y radio station. You know, for those of you who've been asking. Well, yeah, I mean, there was we've of course we've friended over the uh, four yeah. years, countless of people who have broadcast the games. I think probably my favorite status I ever saw was. So angry this game is in a rain delay. I have ten people critiquing my broadcast right now. Like, okay, uh, yeah. relax. I'm sure they're all so disappointed yeah. they can't see yeah, critique. Like you. Yeah, but I don't know. It's just, we don't have that problem. No, well, that's the thing that I get, I, I get lucky if my parents listen once. Yeah, my my dad chimes in, and then I'll get a text from him, just like you're mumbling. Oh, thanks, Dad. You know, it's it's. Uh, it, John, you've done it. You're, you know, a long time, and it, it's not very rewarding. You get uh, maybe you for you it was because you're much better mm-hmm. than I was. You get the occasional parents to come up to you and say, "Oh, you're the guys. You know, you do a great job." But I'm telling you, with this stream and the anonymous oh. ability to just post, oh it's my brutal. God, it's pretty brutal. Cyberbullying. And we tracked some of it back last summer. Oh, we it went have. up pretty high. I mean, it was like all the president's men follow the money type stuff. I mean, I have a hate list. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know. And it's tough too because I think people like, like expect certain things from you, and they don't realize like what what we're actually doing and what we're actually dealing with, and like with the with having to set up the equipment on our own, and then having to put it all together, and then with playing the music and <laughs> and all of those things. I, the best quote of the year was, and I think we'll all agree, is. Hell of a broadcast, dot, 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 if you were deaf. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But the thing is, you realize quickly that, like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, if you cared about those things, it's, it's irrelevant. I think we do it because we like to do it, not for people's, you know, immediate yeah, well, Let's enjoyment. just say, well, I'll end that with, we will not be bringing back <laughs> classical music night. It didn't. To- did not oh. go. See, I ended up using classical music calling baseball games for Babson this year. 
it was fairly well received up there. I suppose, given it's the something. fact that mom and dad are all people that can cut a fifty-five thousand dollar check every year, probably has something to do with that. I tried to bring culture to the park, right? And, and I was it was just not happened. Okay, the key and shot you right back. Yeah, that hurts. There are uh, a number of non-baseball things that we want to be able to discuss yes. here on the podcast tonight. First of which, before I forget it, is something that DJ was coming in hot with right before we went on the air. You were out mogging today. Okay. An activity with which I'm not familiar, and I don't think my audience is either. So, so this is this is you two. It's going to send mm-hmm. you over the loop. So we're talking about like wanting to go do physical activities like running and stuff like that. So my one thing, we talked about my grandparents before. The deal is I get to live rent-free. I get the food. But there's two things I have to do. Church at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and the lawn has to be mowed every week. So today is mow day. I have to mow the lawn, but I want to go for a run. Do you, does, do you have you now put the two things together about what I about what I engaged in? Show off. So sad. No, it's not sad though. It's not sad. Do Here's, you mow for but, a little while, put it aside, and then jog like no, a lap that, around the block, or you jog while I'm ridiculous? Pushing the not mower. as yeah. It's a, it's a brisk pace of mowing. But here's the reason how it came about. I hope your neighbors weren't home. No, no one was home. Trust me, I made sure. But, but the thing is, we're, we're – There we're, was no we're recording at six, activity, was there? Right? We're recording at six. This was a shirtless activity, I presume. No, no. no it was oh, too wow. We're recording at six. I have an hour. Big lawn. It had to be done at a quick pace. It's my grandfather's mower. It doesn't. It's supposed to be self-propelled, but it's not really self-propelled. So you didn't have time to adequately check yourself for ticks. So you may have Lyme disease. Uh, see, these are the things that I deal with. Maybe that's why Dylan basis. and I are coughing so much. <laughs> I can honestly say I'll go my whole entire life, and I will not mog. Is that what it's called? Mogging. I mean, I, it's it's a it's a name. Yeah, it could be mosh. Could be a soft. I, I'll go my whole life and not do that. I'll be perfectly happy. Uh, That's think, the most ridiculous thing I've ever done. I, I think literally you can count on my hands every time I've mowed a lawn. And I know that sounds pretentious. Well, yeah, you can. Zero for me. <laughs> Zero for me as well. I've never mowed a lawn. Wow. Honestly, it's miserable. I, I don't know. It's the most miserable thing ever. Absolutely. Especially if you're not on a riding mower. If you are if you use a pushing mower, you, it's just Old you're school. like chipping away at a massive problem that you just never finish. And at the end, you're so tired you don't even like the work you did. Uh, I'll never have Sounds that a lot like our 2012 season. Well, yes. hey, oh. <laughs> um, well, in transitioning to other things that went on, the the situation outside. Yes, Ooh. indeed. We had, yeah, we've been trying to play baseball here for five. This is the fifth consecutive day as we record this Friday night where we have had a scheduled game postponed uh, or canceled in the case of, I believe it would have been, what, Wednesday night or t- no, Tuesday night, excuse me. We tried to play an exhibition game here twice, postponed and then ended up, up canceling. Had a home game we postponed, a road game we postponed, and then a home game we postponed as well. But people are still showing up in and around the ballpark expecting these games, even though in the case of today's game, we put word out almost five, four, excuse me, almost four hours before the first pitch and put out a sign saying it was postponed, et cetera. There were a number of players down at the end of the parking lot. I, there was, looked like there were some team-related activities going on here today. But then what looked like it was like a beer league softball team of all 20 and 30-something pretty good-looking girls all showed up, and they were wearing matching shirts kind of like the beer league softball shirt where you have the cursive name with the the, – there's a word for that. What is that when you get the the swipe underneath the words? That's called – I used to know. I I don't know. 
But it, but that's kind of know. that's a trivia question, and it's good as a broadcaster when you're on a radio broadcast to know to say it has the X whatever the style letters. I'm thinking Hemley. See, that's, that's a not, seasoned veteran. Would know I know, that. I know. We'll research that. We'll get Hemley that to sounds you. Sounds like a tree. But anyway, no, Hemley is the kind of shirt that has the three buttons. Oh, I've never I've never worn a you know Hemley. I, mean? I don't think it's like well, it's kind of like the V neck that you're wearing, except it would be long sleeved and you'd have a couple buttons. We're getting off topic. Anyway, they were all out there. And they were just uh, drinking their beers on school property. We witnessed an ice. Yeah, one got iced. Yeah, one got iced. iced. Well, they they were all, you know, they were all a little jazzed up when I Mm -hmm. came in. It had to have been a bachelorette party. That's thank you. That's exactly what it was. A a bride, a bride shirt. So they, Um, it was an interesting place though to decide to meet up and crush a few beers. Well, my question, (laughs) and I think we talked about this, was the plan. Because there was a game, they would show up here and get reckless for the game? Or was this always the meeting point and the game had nothing to do with it being canceled? No, I feel like it was uh, the meeting point with Main Street two blocks away, safe place. Yeah. Avoid yeah. the Dewey. Just, just smart, I guess. you yeah. got to give them that. Yeah, because I got asked multiple questions when I was walking in. First thing was, you know, is there a game today? No. The sign outside the park that says, Postponed. Well, they just saw your physical stature. Yeah. Just, See, they, they knew you're a player. If I, if John, I, this what is what I deal with. Yeah, exactly. This is what yeah. I deal with. And then the no, I didn't get that. Then the next question was, "Well, do you have a wiffle ball?" No, I don't have a wiffle ball. They were talking about wiffle ball. Oh, I thought for a dizzy second you have dizzy bat. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. right. Louis but let me tell you. Actually, I, I did go out there. I didn't walk because they didn't ask for a ball. They only asked for the bat. That's suspicious, right off the bat. Yeah, that they didn't have. Yeah. Let me tell you though, if Nick or I went over there, I don't think there'd be the same questions that you got, DJ. I don't think there'd be any. I think questions. so. Eh. I think so. You guys underplay yourselves a lot. You undersell well, I'm, yourselves I'm, consistently. I'm I, I, don't, I don't think so. It's hard to remember that this is a status job that you have. I mean, there are only so many Cape League broadcasters in a given year. Granted, that number seems to grow every year. I think there's like 306 people who will call innings in uh. Cape League games this year, <laughs> of which you're three. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's a level that you know a lot of people don't get to or don't get the opportunity to do. You don't have the you don't have agents and scouts hanging off you every night as you come in and out of the ballpark. But you tend to get down on yourself a little bit when you see these players get all these attention, the yeah. autograph seekers, the cleat chasers, et cetera, Tough. et cetera. And when that doesn't happen for you, you're just like, you know, walking around Charlie Brown with your head down. But it's, hey, you know, you guys are, you know, living the life out here. Well, I mean, that's why they created puffer bellies. That is true. Yeah, I mean, well, the- uh, Irish, Irish nights on Wednesdays, it's a redeeming night. Uh-huh. <laughs> We missed it last night, though. Unfortunately, well, I, I have to ago. ask you, you John, while you were broadcasting, and you were a pioneer. I was. Um, I'd like to think that I still am. Yeah, trailblazer. Yes, absolutely. Helping you, um, pioneering the down. ship of yours. We we got talked to in this in this meeting that we're a family here on the Cape, and, and to a degree, I get that. You know, you see the same sure. people, you're happy to see the same people. But did you find yourself ever harboring just strong disdain and animosity towards some of your colleagues that called other teams? And, and, and really, for no reason, I, I, I find myself for every year just finding someone that I, I – just rubs me the wrong way. See, I'll submit that this is a, an indicator of, of Nick's real development as a broadcaster year one to year three. Is he? I think in years past he would have asked that in a more vague way that I could have ducked that question. He asked that in a very direct manner where I have to answer yes or no, disdain and animosity. Uh, that, that, that would be a precise feeling that I have at times had toward other people who have done this job. 
Uh, so as much as I would like to dance around that question, I believe you, you put the cheese right in the right part of the mousetrap for me. Yeah, well, and the answer is yes. Yes. I, I mean, and, and, and here's the thing, and I think I speak for all of us. I I, I feel so prideful for Hyannis. Like, and it makes no sense. I have no family, no no ties to Hyannis whatsoever. I, I think literally the only time I, I we vacationed here, it was we would go to the mall, and then on Friday nights, I think they used to shut down Main Street and have like the street fair once a week. And my family would come down Thursday here. night. That was a good time. Yeah, they had the Hooter station. And they would sign your shirt. I remember being hey, five and doing that. But um, I feel like a lot of teams get away with these subtle knockdowns of hyenas mm. that if, mm-hmm. if I were to say the things they tweeted or said, I would be some sort of repercussion from the league. And it really has generated, I guess, to keep this G, a rivalry towards towards certain people and teams to the point where I really do want to beat these teams. Not, not because of the postseason, because – we can do so much as broadcasters, but we have to win the broadcast, and our team then has to win the game. We can talk the talk, and last year we did, and then the team didn't show up for us. So it's that's another reason why it was a big year for us. Uh, you got to win the broadcast. There is kind of a, there that's is kind of a flip side to that. You do get closer to certain teams' broadcasters oh, than others. Like you guys were pretty tight with the Bourne guys by the end of last year. Yeah. Chatham, we were pretty good friends with. Yeah, yeah. Got Chris Fitzgerald, good guy. Uh-huh. Nolan Alexander, Georgia Tech. But no, 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 no. When he was here. Oh yeah. No ID. Yeah. Well, we. I lived just wanted with him. to say that again. We hadn't said that. We in lived a while. with him. Coach Gasman making an appearance. <laughs> Does he want to come on, Mike? He might have to. I coach. Come on in, Coach. Yes, we are. Sort of. It's a podcast. It's not real. You can say whatever you want. You can swear if you like. You get guest. You get power moves. See this, doesn't, and then you get this. This doesn't happen in other ball. No, no, not no, at all. No. 2011 Cape Cod League Coach of the Year, Chad Gasman, coming to the microphone now. Coach, good evening. Good evening. I had a little time to kill. So have we. Broke into the press box. Just wanted to make sure everything was okay. And just. Oh, it's better now that this you're is here. our broadcast team. Hard at work. We did a little real work. We did an actual season preview that will be appearing on harborhawks.org, and now we're doing my little Campbell Soup Can and String podcast that I do on my own. And we're just having some fun talking about these three. What do you What do you think of them as broadcasters now? You've had a couple of years to review their work. And oh, no. be candid because uh, we won't be insulted. Yeah, no hard feelings. <laughs> <Okay>. Well, <laughs> the thing is they're very complimentary towards me. So I have to give them, um, you know, pretty good points on that. Um, as far as technique and stuff, I really don't know. I, I'm coaching the game, so I've heard they're good. My dad says they're unbelievable, oh, but right. he's very biased towards anything that's associated with high Hard Rocks or myself. So you're a part of that. Now, All something right. we've learned about you, Coach, that a lot of people just don't because they don't know you well enough. You are a huge movie buff, and you quote huge. movies very well. You also have tremendous taste in particularly comedies. What are some favorite movies of yours, some favorite quotes of yours that we could take apart here? Uh, Talladega Nights. You know, if you're not first, you're last. You've uh, really taken that to heart in an uncomfortable way here in Hyannis. Yeah. You've either been first, first or, or last, last every year you've been <laughs> so we, we, we just 
that's we live to that. So you're not first the, class. So I mean, well, I feel I should third, quote Gary fourth. Cole here and say you could be second, third, fourth. Heck, you right. could even be fifth. I mean, they're second, they're third. Right? Who ever told you that? But no, I took it to heart. Gary Cole was my next door neighbor. Came to all our Super Bowl parties. Great guy. He's got stories like this for days. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard well, them he, all. He they went to high school with Mary yeah. Kate and Ashley Olsen. Did you know that? Did not know that. He they dated did. Ray Romano's daughter for two years. Really? Yep. That's the past. I have a beautiful girlfriend now, Christina Incato. I love you, baby. Friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just throw that in there. But um, I don't even know where to go with that. But uh, <laughs> what's some other good ones? Yeah, Talladega Nights, really good one. Um, help me out here. Well, well I, I think you're fair. the only well, – No, you, you were, you were yeah. quoting Days last, of Confused yeah. last year. Yeah. You quoted The Hangover. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> I understand that – Want to play a little foosball? <laughs> I understand that Anchorman quotes have been known to happen like situationally in the dugout during games. Is that correct? Yes. Um, well, even uh, walking down Main Street, you know, all the people were hooting and hollering at the guys, and it were kind of a big deal. <laughs> and but I, there have been nights where innings have gotten out of hand where you've dropped yeah. this escalated quickly. Yeah, right? this escalated. Well, uh, three years ago, and I, I try not to relive it, but we're we're winning three nothing at Harwich. Uh, and we get one quick out in the bottom of the ninth. I mean, uh, Tyler Ray pitched the gym. We're he bringing did. in one of the best closers in the league, Dallas Gallant. I'm getting flashbacks. Get just, one quick oh. out, and then, then a little, then a questionable three-two pitch is called for ball four. Big deal, you know. Then a little duck snort over um, the second baseman's head, and then a base hit. Still not a big deal. One out, bases loaded. We're up three nothing. Go out, talk to Dallas Gallant, just say, hey, go after this kid, let's go. And he did, and fastball was deposited over the right field fence. What's the actual duck it term? It escalated quickly. It did escalate quickly. <laughs> I've heard – It's heard, very similar last year as well with yeah. the Chad Pinder homer against Chatham. Yeah. Yes. Same situation. But I, I've heard duck snort, fart, and honker. What is like the official baseball guy term? A duck, whatever it is, is well, a ball that's not hit your, particularly well. If you're well around like in. your grandmother or women, I, I would try to stay away from the duck fart. Okay. Um, duck snort is probably a little more politically. Do they all mean the I same thing or are there yeah. different degrees? Well, I've never heard the third one. You honker. Duck snort. I've heard that one on the radio. Fart, yeah. Okay. Duck honker, I don't know what that is. Okay. <laughs> so. Now, you're back. You were an assistant for a year, and you're now in your, what, fifth year? Yeah. As head coach, yeah. what keeps you coming back besides our smiling faces? Well, it's just, you know, everything. The, um, the league, the, my family loves it, the organization, the, the field. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, actually, I love McKeon Park. We just need it to drain better. Yes, that's for sure. <laughs> well, we, I mean, it's been a big topic of discussion amongst the three of us where – Especially Dylan Knife, who I've had to, uh, you know, share rooms the past couple of years. And topic that the pillow talk, if you will, is <laughs> you break down ballparks, yep. uh, top ten, and year after year, McKeon's one. McKeon Park is, and that's not even a bias. I truly no. believe it is the best place to well, play ball on the Cape. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm a little. And uh, there's a lot of really nice features about it. But the drainage problem is an issue. No, but I'm saying. <laughs> but I agree. No water. I mean, Playing surface aside, I guess. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, aesthetically, park. it's great. Oh, incredible. I mean. The, I'm pure aesthetically. Yeah, yeah. Draining that, yeah. 
Yeah. I guess that could it's go a little bit It's beautiful, and on webcast, it's beautiful at night. You could, you could also – well, the cool thing about McKeon is you could play baseball, but then when it rains, you can kayak. It turns into a swamp. So you get Absolutely. best of both worlds. We, we kind of heard a seagull refuge out there today. We came out, there's about 200 seagulls, and we messed up their uh, their home by getting water out of the what are you gonna do? infield. Well, then you have the geese problem coming in about oh, a month. I think we got that taken care of, though. I got a Fake guy coyote. Coming. Well, there's That's a spray I heard that we, oh. we spray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did, we, we were talking about, about this about incident from last year that you probably remember. Dylan used to have the sound of it. It got lost over the course of the year. But you had geese on the field, and they were relentless last year. If your team yeah. was on the field taking batting practice, they did not care. They were just going to keep doing their thing. You had a situation where you had Brandon Trinkwan, who was at the time tearing the cover off the ball. If the season had ended that day, he would have been the league's MVP. Mm-hmm. Took it upon himself to chase a goose out. Tried to chase him toward the left field bullpen. Goose took a mean turn, started flying, and I think I was talking to you when it happened. We saw it coming a couple seconds in advance that the goose was not going to clear the right. net, and it flew into the net and fell, and there was just a collective like groan and gasp that was captured perfectly by Dylan's iPhone because he was interviewing Dan Wellick, friend of the show at the time. And the bird falls to the ground, and you just hear the air just get sucked out of this place completely followed by three seconds of silence, and then Dylan says chaos at the perfect time. But what, what can what do you remember about that incident? I don't. No, I don't just that? It. Okay. <laughs> but uh, uh, a Dan Wellick, friend of the program, yeah. I mean, is he, will he be watching this? I mean, if I know Dan Wellick and he finds out that you're on it, yes. he will hear Because the thing about Wellick, who used to be the pitching coach here for a couple of years, and he, he'll probably be back at some point, right? I mean, he's, oh, he's kind of like, yeah, he's kind of like the Brett Favre of Cape yeah. League coaching, it seems like. Yeah. He would well, be, he's, he's kind of a big deal. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Wellick would find out when we had, like, glitches on the broadcast, when we left an open mic at times that we didn't know. And he used to, he was famous for this, like, coming up to the press box, turning the laptop speaker up all the way and, like, sticking his ear like next to the speaker to try to hear, you know, if we were, you know, maybe saying something we shouldn't have been saying about a player yeah, or a coach or an umpire yeah, or something like that. So you guys got to be super careful on the, on the hot mics this year because there are Dan Wellicks out there who are always he trying to pick up stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Wellick, yeah. He points out things that I, I, I'm not a real observant. Um, talked about, you know, how I remember movie lines and stuff like that. But as far as like details, I just don't. No, not so much. No, no. not so much. That's why you have good assistants. You're more big picture. We're big picture. Yeah, yeah. Tell stories. Exactly. Well, we did a season preview, and I don't know if we're holding you up, but one thing I do want to ask well, I've you. I've got about 10 minutes. He'll okay. let us know. One, uh, one question I am curious for you, Coach, is going into this season, if you were to name one strength about the team, what would be, so far through practices, the one strength that you think? Can I name two? Yeah. I think we're going to be really offensive. And then I think we're going to be really, really good in the 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth inning. Yeah. And not saying we're not going to be good in the first five, but I think we're going to be really special in the 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth inning. So I think this is a good team. I do. And it's easy to say you're really good when we're undefeated right now, three games in. On a heater. Today we'd be in the playoffs. We're, we're on a heater right now, three games in. And another question I do have for you is, I don't know if you remember this bet you made with us last year. Uh, At the time, we were 0-9. Right. We got on a little bit of a heater. Now, I said to you, 
Coach, if we win four games, will you see Stevens? In a row. In a row. row. Steven Soderbergh's Magic Mike. And if friends of the show don't know, this is a movie about male strippers. And you said you would do it. And we got to three games in a row. You said you made it. I didn't think I said I would do it. And I'm a man of my word. You did. You said you did. Okay. And we got to game four. And we did lose that game, but oh, you were so. you were a couple outs away from front yeah. row, Matthew McConaughey, yeah, that, Magic Mike. That'd been great. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, this year, what's, what's the big box office smashes this summer? We could. What if we get Man of Steel right now? Man, yeah, this is well, the end. This is the end. Comedy. Hangover Three. Jonah, Jonah Hill. Great Gatsby. You you know, some book? of those movies, some of those off-color movies, I got to wait till they come out on TBS because they're just a little raunchy. For um, big screen, you know. But, I don't. Family man, know. Coach Gasper. Yeah, but I, I, I am saying. Father that. of two at the moment or three? Father of three. Three. Yeah. Now, that was interesting. At the first pitch brunch last year, you were criticizing Dan Wellick for staying home because of wife having a child. Well, I don't you were saying that you I shook it off. Well, basically, you said it, it was never a problem for you, was basically. Right. You have the kid. You my wife figured coach. it out. Right, exactly. Yeah. That was it. And these guys were telling me about what they thought was a stellar performance by you at the first pitch brunch. Do you, do you have any of your material still in your memory? You was it two years ago or jokes? this year? This, this, well, it's you supposedly thought this, this year, year they said that you took yeah. the cake this year, yeah. Oh, I, You got laughs. Yeah, I wasn't sure I was on my game. I just Those first pitch banquets, they all blend together. I but I just get up there and whatever's on my mind, which sometimes that's not – you're not sure what's going to happen. I think that's why I get along with you guys so well. Oh, yeah. It's just this random thoughts. The wardrobe, though. Oh, the wardrobe now listen. And I got to say, my wife uh, – you're talking about the talking wardrobe. talking wardrobe now. My DJ wife from off mic. loved your wardrobe. And she was so disappointed we didn't play two nights ago because of the orange pants. And, oh, yeah. Well, she'll see it again. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that's a staple for this season. Right, you guys should explain for people who don't know what we're talking about. You guys will go and you'll wear matching uniforms that are completely in compliance with the Cape League broadcaster oh, dress code, yeah. which is a thing that actually exists. But you yep. like to do it to try to make exists. fun of the, you're right, the dress code as much as you can. So it typically involves, what, a trip to Kmart, a budget yeah. of about $10, well, and no ironing of any kind. No, no. You go to Kmart. You go to the uh, shirt-tie combo packs in the box, the plastic box. Which some, for some reason are packed with needles. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Tissue paper. Um, Fourth of Scotch July. Scotch tape. Excuse me. Fourth of July, the red, white, and blue ties. Uh, the previous year, we had Hawaiian night at the ballpark. With that, the was pack. that was big. Remember that was big. Remember Chad Chris. Really if you – you know, guys, I have to go back to the pins and the shirts. I mean – you know, when I was growing up, you know, I'd like to consider myself a little old school. You guys are a newer generation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how you put shirts together. I mean, that's it wasn't a good shirt if it didn't have 100 bobby pins in there. But now you guys are used to all these new places and, you know, Abercrombie and Fitch. And, and they don't do that kind of stuff. J. Anymore. Crew now. J. Well, Crew. The pants were from J. Crew. $75, we got them for 13 I mean, every year from the time I was five years old till, you know, 14, and I realized it wasn't cool anymore, you go to, you know, one of these men's stores, and your dad gets you all the shirts, you know, gets you a tie. No one wears sports jackets anymore either. Travis. We we try to bring class. I mean, we try to bring class, dignity. Do you think they culture, should get culture? Yeah. 
like CBS Sports style, Harbor Hawk logos like on the chest 1970s. pocket. 1970s. Yeah. So Ron the, Burgundy. Yes. There's the thought. Well, but do you I think, mean, like, the Harbor Hawk from your hat could be on the chest of the, the jacket? Oh, I love it, that. Yeah. Bob Costas, 1980 Olympics. Exactly. Miracle, you know. Mm-hmm. What, what are your players? I mean, we have actually have not spoken, I don't believe, to any players no, yet. I don't think so. Uh, uh, one of them. Do they do they comment on the attire? Were they like, ooh, who are these people? No, I don't think they know who you guys are yet, but they will. They will. They will. Give it time. Yeah, I mean, you gotta realize they just they're. Oh, they'll, they'll get to know you as soon as you know player of the games and. You guys are, no, <laughs> big time. Don't worry this about. This just right now we don't. Early. This is your second time that you've had the season absurdly delayed at the beginning. You had four rainouts in a row your first year, three this time. I know you had them bowling. Well, you and count a nine-game losing streak. That's kind of absurd. That's kind of, yeah, and that's delayed <laughs> on a start anyway. So, yeah, three times in five years then, but twice because of rain. What do you do with these guys when, when, when you can't well, play, your field's underwater? Well, the Hall of Fame, Cape Cod Hall of Fame, which is it's my second time there. They do a great job over there. And then we're heading over to the Brazilian Grill and about – Ten minutes. Oh. And that's why I'm watching my clock because I don't want to miss out on anything. <sighs> Sorry, guys. I just, I, yeah, I, I just want to know at what point, and I know John has to be thinking this, does this get extended <laughs> yeah. to the broadcasters? I know Don somewhere and Jerry Remy eat very well. <laughs> sure, they do. They travel first, sit luxury, everything. I'll, I'll tell you, though, and I'll run this by Coach because I know Coach is a very, obviously a very team-oriented guy. Back in the day before, it's it's big big business now. The Harbor Hawks going to restaurants after games. You have a schedule that comes out before the year. You have matching shirts that you have to wear to the given ones. It used to be a lot more informal than that. And every once in a while, I would get an invite that would kind of fall down the tree to me every once in a while. It's but I remember, white tie. Yeah. White collar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's... But I remember my third year, I had to draw a line in the sand with it because I was working with one partner that year, Brett Lasky, friend of the show. And they said to me, we've got, we've got one seat at dinner tonight. I think it was at Outback or somewhere like that. And they said, uh, you know, you can go, but it can only be you. You can't bring Brett. And I was like, no deal. No deal. You're a better man than I. Hey, you're a better man than I. For the Brazilian Grill, I'm selling pretty much everybody out. Yeah. <laughs> well, two things about Brazilian Grill I have to ask you. A, have you tried the chicken heart? Yes. What would you think? It's fine. I'm up for anything, though. It's, it's it a little rubbery. To... I didn't yeah, like that. Yeah. And then B. It's good, when it comes to the culinary experience, I'll, I'll try pretty You'll much dabble. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had Rocky Mountain Oysters? No, I have not. I have. But I would. Yeah. I'd... It wouldn't even phase me, really. No, I was unfazed. And then B, who do you think will put down the most meat tonight? Uh, we, we got some big boys. I mean, where did that come from? We've never had a team anywhere close know. to this big we had before. Special order pants. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's not even a joke. It no. might be Shaw. I'm putting my money on Shaw. You got to let me know. Patrick Andrews looks like he could consume a lot. And then our strength coach, Jimmy Messer. That's a good point. This is his cheat day. You know, he, Ooh, he's he on does the different slow things of you yes. know very strict diet. So he might just go nuts tonight. I didn't know if they um, used protein. the right oil for him to eat the meat. No, he's just going to go, yeah. It's, Ballistic. It could get ridiculous. Oh, jeez. I might have to go. I mean, $30, I might have to go. Yeah. Could be a sight. Well, um, you know, i got to cut this off here pretty soon. Yeah, we're so. making a scene drawing a crowd here, so we're going to let you go, Coach. But thank you so much for coming on. This is unexpected, well, but perfect. I appreciate it. 
I just wanted to make sure everything was okay, safe at McKeon Park, and it is. All right. Uh, Have fun at Brazilian Grill. We'll be back a little more in a minute. All right, so we're making these transition pretty seamlessly here on the podcast side because we have the beauty and the luxury of a stop button and a little editing ability. But we've taken a break of a couple of minutes, still recovering by that, uh, to quote Major League Dynamite drop-in there from Chad Gassman. Uh, I don't think there's any other coaches in the league just walking in and doing 20 minutes on a chicken shit little podcast like this. It doesn't get Don't sell yourself short. It doesn't. It doesn't get bigger than that. It's a power move. I said when he it walked was. in. That's true. Now I mean, we have a little issue here it. because the, the three of us, DJ and not, excuse me, not DJ, but Dylan, Nick, and myself, were wearing the three headsets that we have. We have two more on order. In the meantime, DJ's wearing using a stick mic. So coach came in, grabbed the stick mic. Is that going to be an issue now? Like, are you going to feel like you know because because you were off mic for that whole time that Coach Gasman was here? Is that going to be a problem going forward? Are we going to need to make that up to you or? Me and Coach Gassman's relationship is progressing. I didn't say much of anything last year because I wanted, you know, him to get to know me. You gave him the weather. And it was it's kinda like when there's that hot girl that you've been like let me let me Chad Gassman in this case. And Chad Gassman in this case is the hot chick. That hot girl that you're always like, Oh, she's so good looking. I wish she'd talk to me. And then one day she asks a question and it's like Oh my gosh! I have the answer. It's right here. So you know, Chad. Coach Did you do the, the stumble and stammer? Yes. Don't remember yes. my name thing. And, and he goes, he's sitting there, and he goes, "Does anybody know the weather?" And I look down, and I'm panning at the map, and I go, "I, I, I have it. I have it right here." You busted the radar out. You didn't just get. I was mid radar, and I just was like, "Here's the here's radar. The radar. Here's, here's the storm." Do you have the loops going? Yep. Had the loops going. I had it, you know, moving in motion. So me and Coach, it's it's getting better. So I'm at the brunch. His his wardrobe was great. Yep. It's a progression. Well, the bizarre thing, and I've never understood it, is that he's a very approachable man, but I feel like you've always had this, like, I don't, don't want to. Yeah, kind of. It's different for you guys, though, because, like. I was you at one point. I know. No, 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 I know. And it, it does make sense. But for some reason, it was like you guys had this relationship with him. The, my relationship started with Chad Gassman when it was pouring rain and it was flooding, and I pleaded and begged begged him not to start Dean McArdle in game three. But see, that's, that's the thing. You've had that moment. Literally, that was – I haven't had that moment work. yet. But the the weather was a big step in the right direction. And this was a big step in the right direction. First pitch brunch was a big step in the right no, direction. I, I, it's the little things. Hands down, I mean – well, this is complete bias. My favorite man, John. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, – <laughs> close. I mean, I mean, also a good coach. If you look at yeah. his schools, uh, he just took over Pikeville and – I'm sure I'm butchering a little bit of the numbers, but he said he, when he took over the program, had seven wins. They were like a 500 team, and with his first recruiting class, so I mean, I, I good guy to have at the helm. Thing too is he like he legitimately and honestly cares. I mean, did you hear his comment? He's like just making sure you know McKeon's okay. No, he loves he, he does loves, love Hyannis baseball. He loves Hyannis baseball. You know, that's, something's a little wrong at the the press box. He comes in, checks it out. Like, that's what he wants to do. Just like a lot of players that come here to get to the next level, a lot of broadcasters got here, make a reel. I honestly come back here because I love high-end baseball. And I, that's the thing that I think works between the four of us here is we all share that sentiment. We lose a big game at Saturday night. I don't want to go out. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it ruins your night. It 
big game gets rained out, it's all you think about. And I mean, maybe that's ridiculous. It's a summer league team, but I oh, mean, oh, we had we had a run. We I, before I knew what getting what a heater was, mm-hmm. we got on a heater, a big time one in 2007 at the end of the year. This is back when only the top two teams in each division made the playoffs, mm. and so we were coming on, we were coming in hot, uh, trying to take down Wareham for the second slot in the West Division playoffs. Um, we got to – there were three individual days left in the season. We had, we had two games left, and all these things were falling into place. Guys that hit, hadn't hit for us all year, hitting walk-off home runs, starting pitchers that were garbage, start winning us games. I mean, everything's coming together. Had a chance to be the best summer ever. And uh, day one of three is an off day for us. But we had Wareham playing – excuse me um, – no, it was Falmouth we were trying to catch. Excuse me, Wareham had nothing to do with any of it. So we had Falmouth at Bourne. That day, and Falmouth had to lose the game to set up the scenario because then, if we then we would control our own destiny. If we won the following day, we had a head-to-head game with Falmouth the final day of the regular season that would have been winner take all because there was a tie in there. So it was one point. There was not going to be a tie at the end of the regular season. It was going to be one or the other. So Tim Elstrom, friend of the show, and I go out to that game in Bourne on the off day. Bourne had given out free Bourne Braves hats to like celebrate the official opening of Doran Park that year. So we showed up in Bourne hats at that game to root for Bourne against Falmouth. Bourne wins the game, almost got rained out, which would have just been such a typical us thing to have happen. It was like a 5-1 Bourne lead or something, and it starts raining in the top of the fifth inning. There was a delay, but they came back, finished the game. So we got that. All we had to do was beat the lowly, either fourth or last place, Wareham Gateman in that game, going into the final game of the season, a game that we won going away. I think you guys already know how the story ends. One nothing loss at the hands of Jeremy Bleich, whose name I will never, ever, ever, ever forget. I believe he's actually in the Yankee system right now. Left-hander shuts us down. One nothing game. This is back when we started at 5 o'clock. Started at 6 o'clock this year, but seven years previous when you guys have called games. So you got done while the sun was still out. And it was the last game here of the year, and people are going to go home. So let's, you know, let's go out one more time. And I, I just... I was so mad. I went home, laid down on the couch. My family was actually out visiting family in Canada at the time, so I was the only one in the house. I just laid down at like 8 o'clock at night and just did not talk to anyone and did not wake up until like the next morning. Just went down. I didn't even make it to my bed. It was on the couch, just down, out, beta. That's n- nothing but respect. That's yep. how it has to be. Lots yep. of respect. Which I think then just leads us perfectly into the next segue. Which is caring too much about something maybe you shouldn't care too much about. Okay, yeah, this is something we wanted to get to before we got started. You guys are bringing it up. Just how hard are you? I mean, what are the ages around the room here? DJ, you're what, 21 now? Yep. Dylan, you're 26? 24. 24. And you're 25. Okay, and you're not kids anymore. Still young. I'm 27. How hard are guys our age allowed to go? in backyard sports is the question that's come up. I think I'll start with you, Nick, because you're the one that brought this to the table. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it comes because we live in a house here with eight people, six guys, two girls, and um, backyard sports is a mainstay. Uh, we've created a game called Iroquois Cup, which uh, I would say closest resembles hockey and lacrosse. You carry a ball around. You can throw it into the goal. It's actually like water polo if you could run instead of swim. Is exactly a little bit of handball, too. Yeah. So, I mean, that's been played with a ball, law ball, whatever have you. But I hate losing. I, I don't handle losing well at all, and which is weird because it came on after high school. It's like a new thing. And we got into, we got into a game. We are playing two other roommates. And 
I lowered a shoulder and I hit a kid pretty hard. And I just started thinking, like, how hard is too hard? How much effort do you put into these games? Is it worth losing friendships? Is it worth making things awkward? Do they think you're a loser? I don't know. For my personal thing is, as long as you can compete, and if you're in a game situation, you play as hard as you can. Because I don't. There's no other reason to show up. If I'm going to play a game, I'm going to play my ass off. I'm going to hit you as hard as I can. I'm going to throw until I tear my rotator cuff because it's almost there. It pops, it's hanging on by a thread. But I'm going to keep throwing. I'm going to snap that breaking ball until it's just done. And uh, that's that's my belief that it's not. I will quote Muddy Ducks. It's not worth winning if you can't win big. I have the chills. You couldn't have you couldn't have said it better yourself. And uh, I think DJ will definitely have something to say to this after he cross checked me with a lacrosse stick when we were fielding ground ball wiffle balls. It's a fifty fifty balls in the air. Okay, I didn't 50, have a stick. 50 I didn't have a stick. It's by all the about way. getting he, to the fifty. He cross checked me going for the jugular. By the way, anyways, go I can, for the kill one oh, shot. Yeah, yeah, you have to. I completely agree with Nick. I think it's the same thing. My dad, uh, I'll quote what he said in high school. Uh, my, my final ever real sporting event. I know DJ still plays high school championship game. We won on a walk-off. Champions, incredible. And he said it's all downhill from here. You don't have walk-off weddings. You don't have anything of that nature. So these are what you live for. For a former athlete, Nick, myself, backyard games. And I'm proud to say at this point in the summer, Nick and I were teammates probably of everybody in the house and, and DJ who doesn't live in the house, definitely two most out of shape kids. Well, we're seven and one right now. We're seven and one in backyard games. I'm proud of that. Seven and one in a game that is based really about stamina and not only stamina, but short burst stamina. It's a lot of sprinting. I haven't sprinted in a long, long time, but you know why we win? It's determination and willpower. Uh-huh. The other kids don't want it. There's a lot of there's also an understanding of the game that you two have, and there's a and I'm saying this as competing against you once, and it was a great game. Invention of the game is for starters a power move, but it also gives you a competitive advantage. Well, yeah, it's a distinct. And I'm not saying that's why you're winning. I'm just saying that you have a distinct knowledge of how to get to use a lacrosse term, get your hands free. And when I when I was playing against you two, what I noticed was you communicate very well without communicating at all. If that makes any sense. So and that that's a tribute to your friendship. Well, I mean, actually, we've discovered that we can send messages to each other telepathically. Oh yeah, no, that's that real. sounds absurd. No, it's real. No, it's true times, though. There are a lot of times I'll, I'll say something. He was, I was just like, literally, it was in my mind. Yeah. So that's the thing that playing against you too. But to comment on the backyard situation, my one thing is it's in the company that you're with. I agree. That's it's a hundred percent determinant. No, but, I, I, okay, so you're against. I disagree too. My small cousin and we had a first-hand experience with this at the Jamiel Brew Run Cookout, yeah, the yeah. wiffle ball game. You guys brought it, and I was bringing it too. I was teammates with your cousin. Yep. And, you know, but it's. And I'm and just I was saying, pissed that he didn't make the adjustment because I, we were playing. He's like, we were playing. Seven. Then don't play. No, no. But he's bringing no. it. But he's bringing it to the level he can bring it. We were what's we're playing cornhole. DJ and Dylan. And it's a good win. It's a good win. Yeah, I mean, it was dominant. I mean, come on. And we I'm with DJs. And I also, I'm the guy that always wants to be on the team that's not favored. I want the upset every time. Don't give me the best player. I want to be the guy with the girl who shocks you and embarrasses you. So the kid's a jam. He's an athlete, obviously. So I took him. 
I was disappointed. It, I mean, it was a. It, not only was it one game, draw. it was multiple games. And my big thing is, and I say it to my girlfriend, we've gotten in all-out brawls over it in mini golf. Make the adjustment, and there was no adjustment made. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can comment to the fact that there wasn't an adjustment made, but to to just try to stay on the topic of, I think it's the company you keep. Now, if it's us and it's wiffle ball or it's Iroquois Cup, it's all out, all you can give. And that game, pouring rain oh, that yeah. we played, pouring rain. My friend, his name's Flo. Wasn't his name's Andrew? But we call him Flo. He made the Zidane Chara esque flying Hell of deflection, yep. phenomenal. Then you had just back and forth battle. Went to twelve points, past the seven it's supposed to go to. Five. Oh, it's excuse five. me. It was a win by two. So my my thing final. was, am I disappointed about the loss? Dry heaving, mind you. <laughs> yeah. Dry oh, I was sick. I'm <laughs> still sick. And. Uh, I think that was one of the better games. I was very disappointed about the loss, as both of you could tell. Well, it was awesome because we go in. I'm, I'm literally tr- debating, should I pull the trigger? I'm sick, like <laughs> I put everything I have into this game. It had been talked about for a while. I come out from the bathroom, and DJ is doing juke moves to an invisible In teammate. In the pouring rain. Pouring rain, firing By shots. Himself. And I respect the hell out of that yeah. because and – and the reason I bring this up, John, this whole thing is because every year there's this rumored Katuit internship versus high-end internship softball game. Mm. And I'm nervous what will happen in that game. You don't want to be me. I went over in the inaugural game no. out of the cleanup spot. It's I let the game-winning hit go over my head too. No. Yeah. We'll it, see. It, but it, it, it's, I don't – it's like, okay. Not a day goes by. Lumpy's Lump, covering by. second. I go in hard. No, your leg, yeah, your legs. In, do you your go legs in at, hard? Elevated. Do you oh, go I, in I, hard? Yes, you do. Hyannis brings I it every day. I respect too that John still remembers that game. I own it. Still, I'm not proud of it, but I own it. But I respect that because if it shows that he cares, and I think that we all care, and it, the levels of you know. That's what it is. Like I said, that's my only asterisk next to going all out is if it's just you and a bunch of seven year olds. Now you can't you can't be like you're playing basketball. You can't be backing them down in the paint no. and just Makimbe Matumboing them when they well, go for a layup. No, you're that's right. a bad example because it, it, it's short. the physical element. It, yeah, you're not going to truck a seven year old, but you have to find a way to win the game. Oh, let me give you a situation that I was recently in. Since you guys left me, I've forayed into coaching a little bit. Probably should have brought this up with Chad while he was here, so he could critique my coaching a little. Coached uh, offensive and defensive line for a youth football team, eight and nine years old. Didn't go very well. I believe we were two, five, and two on the year. My defense did post three shutouts. Sadly, we won only one of those games. Uh, however, I then moved on to within tech because we used to travel, compete against other towns. I uh, went to intra town uh, basketball, sixth and seventh grade at the school where I work. And uh, my six, I got the number one pick in the draft. Chose wisely, had uh, Brendan Burke, friend of the show, coaching with me, who had a lot of those same kids in flag football earlier in the year. So he really understood the depth of the draft a lot better. Like I made a couple of picks toward the top, but then he really rounded it out because you need depth. If uh-huh. you're going to go all the way, you need depth. I mean, any one day you can have the best player on the court can go win you a game. But anyone who knows basketball knows that it's, it's guys six through nine that are going to determine whether or not you win the big games. So we drafted a deep team. We win the championship, and I am forever in debt to the players that won that championship because oh, yeah. I'm I've never not won the championship as a basketball coach, you know. So well, suck on that, Rick Pitino. Joe um, Joe Malkin, 
Yeah. Oh, this is an excellent point. This is a dynamite drop-in. Do we want to give this to Dylan? Because I feel like he can really give it the weight that it deserves. This is at the broadcaster's meeting. I think this was a power move at the broadcast meeting. It's a power move. Chill. It gives you the chills. It It fires you up. It is everything that is right about America, too. Mm -hmm. Anyways, Joe Malkin at the broadcast meeting. He Public address announcer in. for the Harwich Mariners. Public address announcer. Assistant GM. Assistant GM play-by-play broadcaster. Seven years with the team. And Joe Malkin gets up there and he starts talking about broadcasting. Did the lights all dim in the room around uh, him as he walked? Could he, you hear like the heels? If you're the three of us, it did. He, he came in hot. He came in hot. He didn't know my name. Uh, no, <laughs> that's a story within itself. Anyways, we, he, he starts talking and he starts getting into it. And he starts cracking jokes. But then he goes, I have two Cape League rings. And I'm damn proud of that. He said, I coached a, a, a youth league basketball team. And a championship is a championship. And we won the championship. So you have to treat this Cape League season. It is a championship. Be proud of if you're able to get to that point. Because it doesn't matter what level it is. A championship is a championship. And he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. So I, I'm forever in the debt of the 11 kids that went out and cut down. that We didn't actually cut down the net, but we probably should have in hindsight. So one of them it's says, we've got the couple times a year in the school building, we have a dodgeball tournament. And so one of the kids comes up to me and says, will you play on my team? Absolutely. Got to do it. Got to pay, you know, pay it back, you know. And uh, so we go, first of all, talking about a championship is a championship. We go to the same gym where we won this championship. So it's it's nostalgic going So the chills are going. Better yet, though, the scoreboard goes on so they can time keep because they're playing three games simultaneously in their six-minute games. No one has used the scoreboard since the championship game. So they plug that bad boy in, and 27-22 pops up on the scoreboard, which was the final score of our win. It's a blob. And I just elbowed the kid next to me like, do you know what that is? And he had no idea at all. (laughs) Like, that's our score. That's our game. 27, 22. He's like, oh, yeah, because nobody's used the scoreboard since. I'm like, that's right. That's right. That's <laughs> us. So, did you get a ring? was amazing. I, I think I, I've been sized for it. I think it's coming around Thanksgiving. It's going to be a special ceremony, black tie dinner. Um, but then the dodgeball starts. Teams are typically six. There are only five on my team, including me. So, I felt like I had to be two people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In the past, I, I've been in one other dodgeball tournament. I did it with my cousin, who was a student at the school the year before. And there were, there were definitely other adults competing in the tournament. They weren't on every team, but they were on more teams than just me. This time around, I am the only staff member competing in the 6th and 7th grade dodgeball tournament. That puts you in a real tight spot because you've got several people who could fire me there present watching. <laughs> but at the same time, you can't get embarrassed. I can't just go can't getting lose. plunked by a girl in Miss Smith's uh, class set, uh-huh. six seconds into the match. So the way I decided to handle it was I just tried to, you know, play defense mainly. I would get a ball in each hand. I'd run up near the front, and I'd just start killing people's throws with the ball in each hand and then let the kids around me do all the pegging. Facilitator. Facilitator, exactly. A regular. An unacknowledged important portion of the game. Definitely. But there was this one team that I was scouting when they were playing other matchups that we had coming down the line. And they, there was a lot of cheating going on, a lot of unacknowledged hits that they would continue to play through, wouldn't leave the game, a lot of going over the center line to get other balls. 
It's uh, called the Kofi White problem. Yep. Right. Campbell Hall. Okay. Good to know. So we had a lot of the Kofi White problem going on there. And I was like, all right, I'll do this, you know, lay in the weeds thing when we play other teams. But when we play this team, bring they, it. They had the word zebras in their name somewhere. I think it was like the Red Zebras or something like that. Well, that's awkward. When we get to the Red it's Zebras. Yeah, it's terrible. It's on. Uh-huh. So there was <laughs> one kid that was particularly bullish on the team. So I just I tipped my hand pretty early. But I just didn't care. I was just going after that one kid the whole time, just throwing as hard as I could. And then we were doing pretty well. We uh, lost the because there was as many games as you could play within the six-minute window. We lost the first one. We won the second one. And as the third one's going on, it was clear that there wasn't enough time for a winner or loser to happen. So I just went crazy. Another thing they, oh, the, another thing they would do is when the ball is coming, we can discuss the ethics of this a little bit. Ball's coming. They would have kids a, a throw coming at you know around their waist. Headshots aren't allowed. They would dip down so that the ball would hit them in the head, and then yeah. say, "Headshot, I'm still in." If you, if you're not playing like that, you you shouldn't play at all. That's smart. I mean, hey, the rules are you, you're given the rules. You can bend them any way you want to. See, I I at the time had a very strong visceral reaction anti that behavior. So I started targeting the kids that were doing that, trying to get them out as well. Mm-hmm. And then toward the end, I was struck fair and square on like my <laughs> knee or something like that. And then I did the move because there was only like 13 seconds left in the game and I knew it would bear no outcome. I probably regret this a little in hindsight, but I'm kind of glad I did it too, was they would do when they did the head the headshot thing, even if it didn't hit them in the head, they would just start tapping their head with one hand like an ineligible man downfield penalty. And so the throw hits me in, like, the knee or whatever. The ball spins away, and I just start tapping myself on the head and throwing balls back for, like, the remaining 10 seconds. Wow. So I think I handled it fairly well, but that was probably a bit much there at the end. you got to bring it. I mean, that's my thing. Wherever you are and whatever you do in life, if you're not bringing it, go home. I respect it. I was, I was thinking about it. They were cheating. I, I agree. I mean, they were that's how I felt at the time. And if time. you're cheating, you have to expect some sort of backlash for it. I think so. I mean, they were cheating, and, and you were allowed to play. So right. it's fair game. Okay. I think you made the right call. So what are we leaving here on the table, gentlemen? Because I know it'll probably be longer than we want it to before we do this again. I think we covered what we needed to cover. <laughs> I mean, we got a big week of baseball ahead of us. Yeah. It's going to um, be nonstop from here on out. Due to these these missing of games, I mean whatever days that we had off are now full with games. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Hopefully we can get Chad back on. That was oh, yeah. huge. That, that would was... be tremendous. One last thing I want to get to with Dylan, especially though, is maybe you've picked up on it, maybe you haven't. We've been playing hurt here, turning down our microphones to cough throughout the last eighty minutes or so. Dylan's actually turning his down to do that right now as we speak. <laughs> I believe we're both on, like, prescription-grade Robitussin at this point, or are you on maybe some kind of, like, an over-the-counter over extra counter. strength? Over-the-counter. I actually, two weeks into this, I finally broke down, went to the doctor, which I did not want to have to do. But a cold should not last you more than two weeks either. That's true. So they give me the, like, Robitussin on steroids, small bottle with alcohol, only take at night. Right, right. Just what the doctor ordered, literally, in this case. But they give it to you. With a five milliliter dosage, Whoa. which is like substantially less than a teaspoon. Yeah. Like not enough to fill even half of one, I don't believe. So what's happened is I just take a like a small swig of it before I go to sleep. I then start coughing reflexively over and over again. Go back to the bottle, take a gulp of it, and then end up 
finding a way to sleep after that. I realized last night, three days in it, the bottle is almost gone and there's oh, no, no refills. So w- what's up with that? Why do you give me that prescription in the first place if this is what's going to happen? There's no room for that. No. None. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of nerve problems, high anxiety kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> really, uh, well, really only hypochondria. Every bump, bruise, or lump is a tumor for me. And uh, I was uh, prescribed. How do you reckon? I mean, because you you give this outward appearance as like the most laid back person who's ever lived, and it could not be further from the truth. Uh, no. It's how do you like, do it? How do you balance like a, one? How are you both people at the same it's time? It's like a duck on a pond, you know. Hmm. Feet are kicking viciously under the water, you know. But uh, yeah, I try my hardest. It, it is hard because there are games when I'm feeling my uh, like temple or something, a mosquito bite, and I'm contemplating like that. That definitely is a tumor. But uh, I have the same problem. I get prescribed like this anti-anxiety medication, like take when necessary kind of thing. It's only half a milligram, but it says on my bottle I take morning and night. Or twice a day as needed. Well, there's only 20 in the bottle that lasts you 10 days, and then I get no refills. So I have to call. They have to fax it to CVS. It's this huge hassle, and I ask my doctor every single time, why won't you give me 60? She's like, oh, you know, I don't want you to get addicted. I've been doing this for four years. I'm not, you know, like, it's never been an issue. It's never been. So I feel you on that. I don't really, I think it's the fear of potential addiction, uh, Especially, I think a lot of people do use cold medications to get high now. Jamarcus Russell. Jamarcus yeah, Russell, so, baby. Uh, He's making a comeback. They didn't bro. want you to Jamarcus. Legend. Go Tigers, by the way. Yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's the last thing you want to go Tigers. Is Jamarcus Russell. Uh, he can leave. Where did this come from? Nash. Do we want to get to Geno Smith now? Or no. Do we want to no. That? That is a conversation that could last own. days. Okay. Yeah, we'll say We'll that's, preview it for next time. Let mini camps happen and stuff. But we've exactly. got, we've got yeah, yeah. Dylan, a Syracuse grad Jets fan, versus DJ, a West Virginia student, rival with Syracuse, Who's also, not Jets fan. But, and we have uh, don't throw fire flames at me but, right now. But, but it makes the uh, more intriguing, he's also a Bucks fan. Diehard so Bucks Revis fan. Diehard Bucks fan. Wow. Okay. And right. they play week one. Week one you know, oh. in the Meadowlands. Okay. Yeah, I think we should just leave that on yeah. the table. That'll be old business next time. Two of you may have to throw down in your own there for a while. Oof. Well, guys, I think we covered a lot of ground here today. I think we went uh, you know, foul line to foul line on this. I really do. Mm-hmm. Thank okay. you very much, all three of you, for coming on. And thank you guys for bearing with me. Uh, I, I can't say exactly how back I am. It may be a few more weeks before we do another one of these. Who knows? But we definitely want to get the ball rolling on this again because it's an awful lot of fun. Thank you for listening, friends of the show, and we will talk to you next time on the Friends of the Show.